Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 13th Man Sports Podcast. It's Shane. Frankie isn't joining us today, but don't worry. I got some very fun guests. We're going to talk a lot about hockey and, and football on this episode. Um, before we uh, we go out there, though, I uh, just want to send out my condolences to the Ottawa UGGs and not just that, but the family of Francis Perron, who who tragically passed away on uh, Saturday after or Sunday after their game against the Toronto Varsity Blues. Um, everyone here at the 13th Man sends our condolences to the family, his friends, and the football community uh, across Canada because, you know, it's such a tight-knit group. But, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully they have they can get the answers that they're looking for as to why. But with that being said, you know, I'll introduce uh, a new voice to the 13th Man group. Uh, Dave is going to be joining us. You're going to hear a lot from him over the next couple months as him and I are going to be going on to our weekly wraparound show uh, covering all things hockey, NHL, AHL, everything in between. Uh, thank you, Dave, for joining us. Yeah, no problem at all. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's finally great to have you on. And also joining us is a familiar voice. I'm not even going to try pronouncing his last name for the first time ever. Uh, we got Why? Neil joining us. Why? Um, Why do you not try? At least try. Because I'm not going to butcher it. I feel like I've disgraced your family enough over the last couple of You know, months. you I'm say it right when it. the camera's not rolling. When it's I not know. rolling, you say it on point. But then like, it, after that, it, I screwed it up. Is it is it Neil Jalapeno? No? Okay, I tried. Yeah, it's Irish, in case you didn't know. Um, hey, you know what? You know what? <laughs> no. You never know with you. You never know. Right. No, I, it's there. You actually are for, like a stereotypical Jersey Italian person. For all my lovely Canadian friends, it's Neil Villapiano. There's your answer. So. Yeah. Super, super Italian. Also with a little bit of New Jersey in that too. A little so, bit. To uh, say the least. But, you know, you, you cover, you know, everyone knows you cover the Devils. Uh, that's how we met. We were both covering them. Dave, you're a huge Sens fan. So the two big storylines are how these teams are going to play this year. Uh, yep. New Jersey went out, uh, got Bernier, big news in Hamilton. Ottawa has kind of stayed quiet, signed their own guys. Kachuk is now on the clock with Kaprasov, which we'll get to in a bit. But I'm going to start with you, Neil. Quick question. Yep. Where do you see New Jersey finishing in the Metro division? That's a really, really tough question because, I mean, look, despite the fact that obviously some of the teams that we've seen for years past be good are getting older, it's still without a doubt the toughest division in the NHL. I, I don't think a lot of people can argue that considering how talented a lot of the teams are in the division. But I think this team, looking at the Devils, they're a team that wants to compete. And Tom Fitzgerald said at the, at the end of last year, he wants to have meaningful games in March and April which basically means that you want to be competing for a playoff spot. So with that being said, I do believe that the Devils are capable, if things go right, they stay healthy and the chemistry is working, that this could be a top four team in the Metropolitan Division and a team that could potentially sneak in as maybe like the eighth seed in the playoffs. Um, that's kind of like best and also like worst case scenario in many ways, like the worst case scenario for me would be that it would finish just outside of the playoffs, like maybe a two or three points out. This is going to be a team that's going to be way more competitive than I think people realize. And look, every move that we made this offseason was very calculated. We didn't go out. Yeah, we got the top free agent in the market in Dougie Hamilton, but we also and got 
Tomas Tatar, who after the first wave of free agency was somehow still available. And then you had Jonathan Bernier, who got traded to Carolina, didn't want to be there. So the Devils get a guy that hopefully actually doesn't retire in the middle of training camp this year and stays with us. Um, just having him as a solid 1B to Mackenzie Blackwood is great. Tom Fitzgerald filled needs in every single part of this team. And so this team is a lot better with the nucleus of young talent that we still have and even guys that we have in the farm system that could potentially make a run at a, uh, at a spot on the roster to start the year. This is a team that's going to be much more difficult to, uh, you know, play against, and it's going to be a much more competitive team. And that's that's kind of it. So to answer your question, I could see them being like that eight seed, and if not, maybe a couple points just out of a playoff spot. But they're certainly they're certainly not no longer going to be towards the bottom of the NHL. I can I can promise you that. Well, that's good. I mean, that that should get New Jersey fans excited. Now, Dave, same question, but for Ottawa, where? I know I I've been vocal where I think winning the Stanley Cup. There's your answer. But where uh, where do you think Ottawa realistically? Where do you think Ottawa lands in the Atlantic Division? I it, it really depends. I I see two different scenarios. We either get the Ottawa Senators who um, were playing at the end of last season, and if we get those guys with uh, consistent goaltending, which was the biggest issue uh, for the first half of last season then we might be able to squeak into the playoffs if not just miss the playoffs. Um, I think if we do still miss the playoffs, it's going to be from losing, you know, those overtime games, those one-point games or those shootout games. Uh, so if we do miss, it'll be by that. That being said, I'm really concerned with the with the brady to Chuck thing. Um, he, he's going to sign in Ottawa, but how much of a distraction is that going to be at the beginning of the season, right? Um Right now, everybody's talking about it. Obviously, the team notices it. Um, I don't think it's going to do anything to the locker room chemistry. Uh, as everybody who's a Sens fan knows, everybody follows Brady in that room. Uh, whether you're on the ice or off the ice, that guy is is, is the leader. Um, but yeah, I think if we can get some solid goaltending, if we get the Ottawa Senators that we got at the end of last season, it's, it's a really good sign. That being said, if we go back to the beginning of last season and we get that team who's still really young, uh, who, who's not very experienced yet, uh, and goaltending isn't consistent, we need Matt Murray to be good Matt Murray, um, then we're in for some serious, you know, S-H-I-T. I don't know if you guys swear on your show or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you guys. I've, are, I've tried to keep the kid friendly recently. I've tried to sw- keep down the swearing a little bit. Yeah. So, so okay. So, I'm glad I spelt that word. But, yeah, <laughs> it, it's really going to depend on on – the chemistry and if it's still there and if uh, goaltending can pick up on, on how last season ended. Cause last year at the end of the season, Matt Murray was good. He, he was looking fresh. Yeah. yeah but one time he good. wasn't on my fantasy team. He actually played well. Well, that's the thing is I picked him up like three times in fantasy and every game <laughs> did, I that's played, true. That's he true. won every game I played him and he won, he played it or he had like really good games. Yeah. And he lost, but he had really good games. Um, is so Gustafson I, still with them, by the way, is Gustafson? Two yeah. Years ago. Yeah, I really yeah. like I really like Philip Gustafson. I really do. Like I feel like he's how old is he? What he's twenty two? He's twenty two, right? Yeah, he's yeah, like he just very young. I think he's definitely that goalie of the future. Like when the Senators become like really good, he's that like main guy. It's him he's just so like good. in the in the short time that he played, he looked like he'd been there for years. Like he looked very calm, cool, and collected. I really liked. Him, I think like he's the guy that like I would say keep your eye on like the most like this year with him and and if Murray can get back to the level that he was playing at with Pittsburgh along with Gustafson, 
the Senators could win a lot of close games like this year because scoring might be one of their issues, like consistent goal scoring. But I mean, if they're in close games with that type of goaltending, they, they could do some, they could surprise some people. I honestly, that's what I'm at. I'm thinking if goaltending can be stellar like they were at the end of the season, they can steal some games. Auto might have games where they're not potting three, four goals, but they can win a two, one or a one, nothing game. Right. But yeah, Ooh. a lot of it is going to be on the back of the goaltending. Yeah. And I mean, I think people forget that Ottawa was the third, but after the first, like, 15 games after that, like two, 12 and one, like one stretch, Ottawa was the third best team in the North division, you know? So it's not like Ottawa, like the players, there, the core that's basically coming back. They're like, Hey, we can play against these teams. We can be a playoff contender. So they have a lot of confidence. Yeah. So and, and look, they also have a lot of really exciting young players. They got obviously Stutzla who they got Thomas Shabbat, who, I was on a podcast last week talking about, you know, potential guys who could make Olympic rosters. I think Thomas Shabbat is going to be on the Olympic roster when it's all said and done, because I think he's, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the NHL. And then you have guys like Norris, who I feel like, you know, Norris had what? He had that like eight game goal streak or whatever it was like last season. He had like, um, I think it was like, yeah, Bassett, but Norris, but, but Norris like went on a streak as well because I had him on fantasy like, six, like every night, like six straight games with a point or something like that. Yeah, he, he did had go like on his hair a little bit. And like you mentioned, you just mentioned Batherson as well, Kachuk. Like that's a really young, exciting team with also the fact that they have some of the best uniforms in the NHL. That's just a team oh, that you can watch. Oh, I mean, I gotta. You. I mean, I have to get my hands on that black one that Dave's oh, got behind 100%. him. Um, I'm I'm scared to get a player. I'd probably just get it blank because I'm terrified of getting any player because when my bad luck is that when I get a player, they leave or get traded. So I really don't want to do that. So uh, I, I don't want to do that to my Senator friends. I really don't want to do that. I appreciate that. But that right there, that zero right there is Peugeot on the other side. You guys can't see it as my Carlson Jersey. Mm. Uh, no, I mean, uh, you guys are still laughing your way to the bank with the Carlson trade. That, hey, that's for sure. That, hey, that's yeah. true. But I, I, when it was first made, man, I don't care what sense fan you talk to, they're lying. If they, they hated it, they knew, they knew it was well, a win. If they said they knew it was a win at the beginning, they're liars. I mean, no, I, I, I did say that it was a win because I definitely <laughs> called Carlson dropping off, especially if he didn't sign, because like that was the big thing. And I like Norris. I knew Norris. I like Balsers. I like the return. And we all knew that we weren't going to get the quality. We got quantity. Didn't Bolsters go back to San Jose, by the way? Yeah, he got claimed yeah. off waivers. <laughs> he got picked off of waivers, yeah. right? And, so. and, he, and, he, and he's not playing bad by any he means. Is. No, he actually did well considering San Jose has been god awful. Yeah, like <laughs> lucky. So I, I liked the trade. I thought it was a good trade at the time. And then the, the idea that Carlson may just walk at like free agency and Norris, I liked him. I like what I saw from him when I watched him play at Michigan. So. I, I will say, though, I did call that trade being a good trade for Ottawa at the time. Um, also, former Senator Bobby Ryan signing a PTO with Detroit, I, I saw today. Oh, he's going back? That's good. I haven't really checked. But it was a PTO. Throw. I was like, wait, why does he have to prove himself I, again? I think it's because of the injury. I think because he hurt yeah. his leg. Like, um, it was a lower body injury. So I think it's more of a, I want to go to camp and see if I can can actually I, I still think he's a productive player, even at his age and like everything that like. Hey, you know, if, he, if he signs, if they actually signed him to a one-year deal, I will buy his jersey because I was actually been waiting to see if he signed with anyone before getting a fifty-four because I wanted to see if he went to another team or not. He's but a he new jersey native in case anybody wants to know. So, like Bobby Ryan has always been one of my favorite players. I don't Same. know if, if I don't know Shane if you ever know, if you even saw this, but like I think it was towards the end of the season. I went on a ninety-three day 
thing on Twitter where I was tagging Detroit to send me a, D, uh, a Bobby Ryan jersey. They never did. Yeah, I saw that. Damn, after ninety three days, yo, after ninety three days, I quit. You were like, were you like day thirteen of asking the Red Wings oh. for a jersey? Yeah, I had people oh, DMing me. They're just like, I know this doesn't involve me, but stop. <laughs> so, yeah, right. But no, you got to you got to do the classic thing where they you you tweet at um at Cool Hockey and you ask how many retweets do I need? Yeah, you know, Bobby Ryan they probably do it. I, but yeah, I, I love Bobby Ryan. I actually had the opportunity to interview him at the end of the last season. We have him. Oh, awesome. I have the video. And it was a really good interview. Um, he, he had mentioned that he hated poutine. And it, literally, my jaw dropped. Yeah, and I remember that. He, he turns to his wife and he goes, he's like, I'm being stared down by two Canadians. <laughs> but yeah. he was hoping to go back to Detroit. I think he really likes Detroit as a city. Uh, yeah, that's your, yeah, he loves your organization, and he can. He's one of those veterans that can really understand a guy like Iserman. Although they're from mm. the different generation, they they're both from the old school mentality still, right? He's so, also New, he's also New Jersey tough because he's from Jersey, so he you know yeah he is from yeah. Well, there you go. But uh, technically well, speaking, he's from Jersey. I, I was about to say, but he's, but he's raised in Philly, isn't he? And then Cali. Well, he lit. No, he was he. He's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which I mean, some people would say is basically Philly, but it's it's still New Jersey. And then he moved from Jersey to California. Yeah. No, actually, I was talking to a guy that he actually thought New Jersey was a city, and I was like, I'm Canadian, and I knew that it's not. A city. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get into it. I've, I've seen some pretty <laughs> stupid things. But talking about jerseys, I, like we were talking about jerseys quickly. I I'm I'm pumped for this. I've been calling it for the last like three years. The, the white Kachina is yep. back. Shane. Shane didn't help himself on the hockey podcast group chat. He couldn't help himself and just be like, I called it. No, I I called it. Honestly, I love it. It's one of my favorite white jerseys. Yeah. Out there. Like it looks clean. I'm apparently not bringing back the reverse retro and I'm disappointed about it. Oh, the purple one, right? That yeah. was uh, the Phoenix Suns looking one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're was... not apparently they're not bringing it back, and I'm super disappointed. Well, the team might not exist for much longer, so I mean, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. No. I don't know if any team, if any coach can turn this team around, it's on Andre Tourney. But but it's like, not about the team. It's, it's not about, about the players. Yeah. It's about does Arizona want to give them any more money? I mean, to look be at fair, that new stadium that they were talking about building in Tempe. Where the hell is that money coming from? Taxpayers. Yeah, you, honestly, think ta- you think you think I'm taxpayers going to go down decided, this road again? I'm surprised I, they haven't just moved into where the Suns and play where the Suns I, play. I, I don't know how much it would cost to make a new arena, but I hear our government's giving away six hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah, well, oh, we're not going to get into that. We're not we're not, gonna, we're, I, we're not getting kidding. into that. You're not getting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was having I, I was having fun last night on Twitter yeah. looking at people talking about the um, the Canadian election. I thought that was entertaining. Yeah. yeah, we won't uh, get into it though. We yeah, definitely we're, won't. We're not a politics show. <laughs> no, just, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, of course it was, not. It was, it was just a jab at us Canadians, is what that was. A little yeah, bit. but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the minority that I do not like the jerseys. Really, really, both of them. Just, Wait, both of them, yeah. or just the white one? Just the white one. Just, just the white. The white. One. Oh, okay. That's fair. I just for some. I, I, I don't no, know. No, I can understand. I can understand. It's. I can understand that. It's to me. It's just. I understand they're going for the old school, but some old school just doesn't work. And to me, it just, there's something about it that clashes with my eyes. And I just, I'm not a fan, See, but again, a lot, I, it's just me. I think I might be crazy. Cause a lot of people, I, I'm in the, I'm in the opposite where I love it better than the black one, because I find that the color is like the green and like the burgundy they use 
No, yeah. white. no the, the black, black one. No, the black one is still I, the, the best one in my. I opinion. love the black one. The black one looks good. Black I, one is black one I agree. Looks I just good. I don't know. There's something about the white on the green and like just the the burgundy. They just pop a little bit more on the white. Yeah. So. That, Louis that, Erickson's like, gonna look nice in that uniform. Oh yeah, Andrew Ladd is gonna look Andrew like a Ladd. beauty. Is Andrew Ladd awesome. actually gonna play? That's yeah, the question. Yeah. Is he actually? Yeah, he's he's been told that he's gonna be in the NHL in four That's years. He accepted. In four years, Austin Matthews is going to look great in that jersey. Not, isn't it three? It's only three years. Yeah, three years. Really three great. years, Austin Matthews. Yeah. You know, I actually like really that want that to happen. Same. So do I. Just so, just do so do that I. we can yeah. have it. Because like, it's still frustrating that you get, you look at it, it's like the greatest player in Coyotes history is still Shane Doan. Hey, hey. Play a lot. Canadian legend, man. Don't. No, no, no. Legend. No, no, no. That wasn't a disrespect on Doan. It was, just, it was a, more of a fact of like, well, who else have they had? They've had good players. They just can't. They had Jeremy Roenick at one time, I guess. Who's trash? I hated. Who was trash? Right. Who was trash? They got Phil Kessel. Phil. Uh, is he still? No. Wait. No, yeah, he's, he's still, still there. there. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't I mean, he going to get? I thought he was going to get traded. I thought I heard he was going to get traded. I mean, he still might, but they're going for Shane Wright, baby. They're going. They're going to go back to back drafts, picking first overall. They're going to get Shane Wright and Bedard out of Regina, and they're just going to run. And they're going to have Matthews. They're going to steamroll, right? Game over. Game over, right. just like, hey, we're going to tank the next two years, get like top three picks. We'll sign Matthews to this actually, ridiculous contract, and we'll just run over everybody. I actually Matthews, Matthews is going to take Marner with him. Oh, oh I like that. that. Oh, Jesus. I actually really like their offseason. For some reason, like all the moves that Arizona made, getting I'm not complaining at all. Getting players for absolutely nothing, like getting picks for nothing. Like, it's great. Like, genius. They might as well stand at the podium the whole draft and just be like, yep, we have, you know, basically they just became the Oklahoma City Thunder of the NHL. Yeah. They just getting rid of, getting, getting rid of friggin' Larson for a, for like for a top 10 pick. Genius. Yeah. Getting Louis, what they, what they get for like Louis Erickson? They got like, Uh, oh no, that was part of it. Yeah. It was like they got rid of, they, they got rid of like six years of, or seven years of Louis Erickson. For one year of uh, Roussel, Erickson, and Beagle, and the ninth overall pick, and Beagle's still a good player too. It's not like Beagle's, yeah, yeah. You can trade him at the draft, like you can trade him at the deadline to a playoff contender. Like that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna just trade these guys. Do you guys guys think if Matthews went to Arizona, do you think Bieber would become uh, an AZ fan? Oh, hundred percent. They spent. Yeah, Bieber is a front runner. What what people don't understand is that Bieber is a front runner because he's been to so many games wearing different jerseys. He's not he's, he's like not Snoop a Maple Leafs fan. No, I mean he is a Maple Leafs fan, but he's also like a, a musician. You know how many times he was at Devils games wearing devil stuff, and I'm like, he's a front runner. Yeah, but you know, yeah, because yo, <laughs> yo, are you going to say no to was, a free jersey? Are you really going to yo? If, if no, of course. Like, look, like, look. I saw how much money you have. If you I saw PK Subban at the Jets game, and I and like that doesn't mean that PK's a Jets fan. God, I hope he's not a Jets fan. But like, no, if (laughs) you're going to a team, if you're going to an arena and they offer you a free jersey, you're not gonna say no. Right, obviously. No, I get that. No, I I know, I know. It's just like I still just don't believe that he's a (laughs) Maple Leafs fan. Could you imagine the publicity like, oh, Justin Bieber turns down Jersey fan, right? Or a Jersey, uh, a New Jersey jersey, or he turns down a, an Arizona jersey. Like, I believe yeah, it. Some, something like, like yeah, you know, have you're gonna be pissed. Yeah, yeah. So, like, some, person, some people are gonna be mad. Yeah, They're gonna make it more than it is, 
So he's like, yeah, I'll take a free jersey. Like, I don't care. I love that Austin Matthews has to continue to defend Justin Bieber for like how he may be good at hockey. He's like, oh yeah, he's a beast. I've seen him play. He's not that good. Right? See, here's okay. the thing though: is that he's okay, so okay at hockey? He's okay. He's a, he's a like if he was in the NHL, he'd be a bottom six guy. If that, like, if he tried to make it professionally, you mean like in real life. That guy couldn't fucking oh sorry language. That guy could not play for the Marlies. That guy couldn't make it anyway. See, here's the thing though, is that if you actually watch him as like a kid, he was actually pretty good. Like there's there's clips well, of him. Yeah, he, he got forced into it. <laughs> no, no, but like he was actually a pretty good hockey player and until his music career like turned up. If he if his music do you think that he if he if it wasn't for music, you think he would have been an NHL player? No, but I think he would be one of the guys that got like was a late round pick. Oh, like, he actually so- had skill. Like, you actually watch some of his, like, younger shit. He actually yeah, had younger. Skill. Yeah, younger. Like, no, we're drafting 18-year-olds and expecting them to be superstars by the time they're 21 and calling them a bust because they're not. So, like, unless you're Unless you're Connor McDavid. Unless your name yeah. is Connor McDavid. It, 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 that is true, though. We are calling kids 21-year-olds bust already. Like, no, Jack Hughes is considered a bust. No, you- People call Jack Hughes a bust, and it's like I I don't know what more we have to that to that do makes it. me beyond angry, like beyond. Bro, even from an analytical perspective, everybody's saying no, he's he's clearly going to explode. Same, just same concept as Stitzel right now, right? It, it, we might get better out of Stitzel next year. I think we will. But when you're playing on a don't, team that's still don't tell me they're saying up, he's a bust. Don't tell me they're uh, saying he's oh, a no, bust. No, 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 no. I'm saying when you're on a team that's okay. still making trying to build because they're at the bottom of the barrel, you know, in the NHL. There's only right. so much you can do, especially when you're that young. You're still kind of, you know, you're still developing. You're still yep. getting your skills together, yep. and you're, you know, coming up with a with a young team. It's gonna take time. Yeah. I, call it. I'm gonna call it here. Jack Hughes gets a hundred points. I'm gonna say probably by year five of his career. I agree. I thing. think this is this is the year that he gets at least sixty points. Jack Hughes. This is that year he gets Tim sixty Tussla. points. Jack Hughes, Tim. So, so there's a bunch of them that are following the McKinnon curve. Like McKinnon looked good. But people were like, "Man, is he going to be like a fifty-point like career guy, or is he finally is he going to turn up and finally be like a an 80, 90 point guy by like year?" And that was like his first three years, and then by his fourth year, he started turning it up, and he's had basically like four straight years of ninety. I think four three straight years of ninety plus points. People like, people are writing off Alexis Lafreniere, and I'm like, "Come on, man! Like he just got there." No, I, I've literally said it multiple there. times. Fans are the like fan bases in any sport. Hockey specifically are probably one of the most toxic groups of people. Yes, yes. there is. Like, because yes. we look at these kids at like twenty one, and we're like, "You suck. You're not develop. You're not good enough to be in the NHL." And it's like we're sitting on our ass watching hockey on a couch, on a phone, when they're <laughs> out there making like hundreds of thousands of dollars playing a sport. Yeah, what are we talking about? Like, and, why are and, we? Why are we bashing this kid? Like. <laughs> One of the big issues though is you have guys like Carter McDavid and Matthews who came out on fire, and now that's supposed to be expectations. Yeah, no, like, no, that's a good guy. You're supposed to catch fire right off the get go. Like, yeah, oh, I was talking, I was talking about this. I was talking about this on the pod on, on one of my episodes. That like, yeah, like it's gotten to that point now where like we literally expect every first overall pick to be a star. Like, here's the thing: Rasmus Dahlin is a really talented defenseman. Yeah. The problem is, is number one, he's playing in Buffalo, so obviously we just assume, oh yeah, he's trash because it's like. But he has progressed every year. He's yeah, got. He was the best defenseman on a very bad Buffalo team. It's like it's like Aaron Ekblad in Florida, where he won the Rookie of the mm. Year, and then just 
was good. Like he was decent the last couple of years, but it wasn't until like two years ago where people were like, oh damn, he's actually not a bust. Yeah, people are saying about him now. Like I hear people talking about Aaron Eckblad. I'm like, you just realized that Eckblad has talent? Like, like he's just, been this good. Dude, he's like 6'6". Six, six. It's like Hedman. People were saying Hedman was a bust by like... Oh, Hedman's the perfect three. example of people. And I'm like, bro, these reacting. kids need time. Like, especially defensemen. Yeah. I'm like, bro, these kids need time to grow. They need to... That's why the people that crap all over Shabbat last year. I'm always just like... No, no, Shabbat has been above expectation from day one. Last year, he just finally had a normal year, which is he wasn't supposed to be great off the get-go. He's still getting better and better and better. And he had what I call, like I said, an off year, not a bad year. He had a year of what was supposed to be, again, growing pain years, right? So, like, I mean, it's it's an off year if it only happens once. I will say that. I've always been under that belief. It's an off year if it happens once. If it happens again, it was a bad year. Right. Like right, and that, I think with Shabbat, yeah. like I, I I'm probably one of Shabbat's hardest critics. But mm. like if you go on Twitter, I I especially last year, I was railing Shabbat every chance I had. Like he was just he was bad and he was I was calling out for it. But at the same time, like you watch, you know, Doughty, Carlson, Giordano, Hedmond, they all make those same mistakes. It's just the consistency factor. Shabbat's yeah. 20 entering, I think his age 25 season. Yep. Mm. Most of these guys were, you know, entering their their seventh season at twenty five. Dude, was entered the NHL at twenty one. There's going to be growing pains, especially when the team's bad. Fans just need to kind of relax and take things in stride. Yep, it, and I think just like I think with fans, and I feel like, and I'm only speaking for like particularly my generation, like people my age. We just want instant gratification instead of like this whole like. If you go back 20 years ago, I don't feel like people were overreacting this much. I feel like people were, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's nowadays, it's like, we need this guy to be like the best player on the planet now. And and again, if you're a fan of other sports other than hockey, particularly, here's a good example, particularly football and basketball in the, in the, in, you know, here in the United States, we're always expecting these guys to come out right away and be good. They're kind of thrown into the limelight right away. NBA in particular. You get drafted number one overall, you're playing 25, 30 minutes a night. That's just a fact, right? And Mm. guys are coming in and they're ready to go and everything. Same thing in the NFL. It's not like that in the NHL. And it's not like that in Major League Baseball either. I've said it before. You know, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper did not immediately come into Major League Baseball and were stars. They played the minors for a while. Granted, not that long, but still, they played the minors before they got up here, and then they started to roll. In the NHL, not everybody comes in the league and lights the house on fire. You need to give them time. You need to for them to develop, especially European players that come over here, playing on smaller ices, trying to figure it out. You know that Stutzla at one point or another was like, this is a lot different than what I'm used to playing. Yeah, like you're playing in the toughest league in the world, and you're playing on a smaller rink all the time. So, and, and also you're playing in a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it didn't help. Like even talking about, you know, football, most of these guys are like very, very rarely do you have 21, 22 year olds being starters in the NFL. You don't have like a, you know, a Lamar Jackson at, starting at like 21. You know, I think Joe, Joe Burrow started his rookie season at like 24, 25, 24. So like 24, you, you have that time to develop. And like, maybe look at, no, go ahead. Shit. Sorry. 
like it's like hockey. I think the problem is though is that we're shoved the like these kids are shoved down our throats. Our highlights are shoved down their our throats, and they're hyped up. Yep. To to basically to to be like these next elite talent. Mm. It's right. So when they come in and they're playing against guys who've been in the league ten years, they're not all. They're obviously not going to have the same kind of success that they were playing against their own age group. That just doesn't work for everybody. Look at guys like Drake Batherson. That guy's been in and out of the Ottawa lineup for the last couple of years, right? He was playing Belleville, and then he's playing Ottawa. Last year was his first full year, and it wasn't even a full year. And I have him being Ottawa's um, Ottawa's leading uh, goal scorer next year, next season. That's just my opinion. Um, it, honestly, man, like it, it takes time. And then you have guys yeah. like then you have guys like look. Speaking of like being older for your rookie season. Kirill Krapasov, like that guy is what forty seven, and he just had his rookie season, and and I mean he's playing great. He's playing great. Yeah, Don't think he should not have won rookie of the year. Yeah, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. And the same thing with Panarin, right? It's stupid. Same thing with Panarin. Panarin probably shouldn't have won it either, but he was yeah. eligible and he was the best rookie at the time. But there should be a rule. Panarin, pro I will say this: everybody needs to understand this. When Panarin was first drafted. There is not a single person in the entire hockey world that thought he was going to be what he is now. Yeah, but at the what, same time, he didn't come over until he was 24. He came over a year older than Kaprasov. He developed, yeah, and he developed. Like, yeah, if he was in Kaprasov. the NHL, you know, yeah, right. If he was in the NHL right away, people would have written him off and said, oh, he's a Oh, 100%. But, like, yep. talking about, like, the, you know, it's like how uh, Djokovic out of in Detroit now. Yeah. He, he was up for the Calder, and now he's up. For, he can be a, a finalist again this year. The, yeah. the rookie trophy's a joke. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It's just it's turned into a joke. But you know, we talked, we brought up Kaprasov, and we may as well talk about it because it has huge implications on the ref- rest of the RFA class. I guess. Hey, Peterson and Kachuk are left. Pedersen. Pedersen, whatever. Is it, Peterson. is it? Is it? Isn't Hughes Pedersen. up too in Vancouver? Yeah, Hughes and Dalian yeah. are both up. Oh, Hughes and we're. Up. I don't know if you guys saw. I don't know if you guys saw, but on what was it TSN? Jack Hughes was talking about. Quinn Hughes' yes. situation, and he said that he's playing for the worst team in the NHL. I know, I said, Vancouver, I and I'm that. like, okay, um, I, Jack, I literally, I literally said, I, I literally said, brothers need to stop coming to brothers' aids when it comes to contract negotiations. Oh no, I, yeah, I, I tweeted like, out, Matthew Kachuk was worse. I pissed oh, off yeah. so many Canucks fans because I retweeted that video and I said, Jack Hughes, like saying all that, and I'm all, I'm here for it. And people were just so mad that I even said anything. And I'm like, look, here's the thing. It's your fault that you are stuck in cap hell. It's yeah. not and my you, fault. And you, trade, and you trade for Larson and signed Garland. Like You, you signed Garland to a ridiculous contract. But you want to talk about ridiculous? Kaprasov, one year. Yeah. And this is where I have an issue. One year, and he gets $9 million? Not even like, a year. 54 he, games, my friend. Yeah, like, dude, he gets half a season worth of yeah. games, and he gets nine million. And think about this. I, think about this. He the 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 Wild wanted a long term deal, and Kaprizov didn't. Can you imagine how much money he would have gotten if it was like a nine year deal? Dude, it was ridiculous. Like, bro, this this is the losing our minds. People are getting mad that Kachuk hasn't signed in Ottawa. And then you see this. It's like you're getting one. You're getting nine million dollars after one year. Kachuk is what? Kachuk is going to get a decent contract that's not going to hurt the Senators. I feel that's what we're going to end up seeing here. Probably. Um, it's like, but, but you know, I give him a bridge deal. Honestly, I would give him a bridge deal for like two I years. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. give him a two year. Like, 
Like I look at like I I bring up the Devils because it's good because we had two RFA's that we had to sign and we gave both Yanni Kuokkinen and Yegor Sharangovich two year contracts both at like two and a half million dollars three million dollars now granted Kachuk is better than both of those guys but still I feel like look at what it, look at what happened with um look at what is happening with Patrick Line he signed a bridge deal to prove himself now he signed another bridge deal. With Columbus, he's banking on himself, and so far it's been working. If I was Kachuk, if I was Brady Kachuk, I would do the same thing. But here's the thing. Is also, that, with Matthew Kachuk as well, I'd do the same thing. Matthew's in his seven. He's got a three-year bridge right now. Yeah, he's in his last year. Oh, he's right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah, but here's right. the thing, though, is that Matthew Kachuk – I thought he was – for some reason, I thought he, he still didn't have a contract for some reason. Yeah, no, Matt, but Matthew Kachuk has had put up more success, more points than Brady. So the argument Ottawa has is, well – your brother's getting seven mil on a bridge deal. So if you're getting a bridge deal, we're not giving you seven million. Give him, giving... give him like four. Is that really too? Is that like? Is that no, like? It's going to be more than six That's, because you can't yeah. give him more than you can't give him less than Cock in the Emmy. But yeah. you're, realistically, no, like, a lot of the talk, a lot of the, a lot of talk is this. Okay, so first, like, shout out to Derek Lee. Derek Lee was saying seven Derek years Lee. should be should be kind of kind of be where it's at. I said you kind of have to. Just because of how competitive the Tuchuk brothers are, you have to give him a bit more than his brother. Although you're overpaying a little bit for a bridge contract, you get him at seven point seven five, just because you know he wants to go rub it in his brother's face. So you're overpaying a little bit for that bridge contract, but it's probably something funny that they can take to the family. You have to also understand. Like, so give him a dollar more than what than what Matt nah, or, or seven or seven dollars more. Seven dollars more. His jersey. Yeah, give, yeah, seven. You're right. Go pull, for his jersey. Pull, pull, seven dollars more. Pull, 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 pull the aho thing with the twenty dollar bonus. So give give him seven dollars more, but I honestly three years seven mil is not bad. If they want three years at seven point seven five or whatever, I, I would I wouldn't mind. So anywhere in between that, I think would be ideal. Yeah, but Ottawa has the I just, room to do this. Yeah, they have but the I have room to do it. So. The, the, so Brady holds all the cards, but I think Matthew really hurt his image in that vid in that freaking interview. Oh man. yeah, oh hundred percent. They definitely will backfire. But here's the thing: freaking Matthew Kachuk had seventy seven points his last year. Like his mm. his third year of his ELC, so he had more leverage than Kachuk, who put up thirty six in, in the last season. Yep. Matthew Kachuk put up forty three last year. So, mm-hmm. and here and and you know, can make an argument. You can make an argument that Calgary has more depth, more scoring depth than Ottawa, which impacts Brady's game. Like realistically, you can make that argument, and people would be there for it. But at the same time, forty five points, forty four points. And then 36 points in a shortened season. Yes, in a, like he's probably reaching 50 in all three years in a full 82 game season. But still, eight million people were, p- were pissed at Brady at Bobby Ryan's contract at seven million dollars, and he had 50 point seasons in Ottawa. Yeah. Like, I think I think the problem is is Brady is worth more to Ottawa than Matthew is to Calgary. Like Calgary has That's a very good guys. point. That's a very yeah. good point. Like like Calgary has a really good uh veteran presence and other guys that can throw it around. Brady is literally the guy who's at the front of the line uh who's carrying everybody. Everybody looks to Brady. And I think it, it's just again, it's Matthew yeah. might be in in general more valuable, but to their team, to the respective team, I think Ottawa looks at Brady to be more valuable than Matthew. But here's the thing. Matthew is not the Matthew is not the main focal point of the Calgary Flames. Agreed. The main the focal thing. point, the main focal point still in Calgary is obviously Johnny Gaudreau. And now you just brought in Blake Coleman, 
who honestly is pretty damn valuable himself considering the past two yeah. seasons. With, and mm. Dave, Dave hit it right on the head. With Brady being on a much younger team that doesn't have as much goal-scoring firepower, Brady is more of the focal point of that. He is the face of that franchise right now. Agreed, but how much and does that Switzerland work? And might change that narrative later on, but right now it's Brady Kachuk. Agreed, which is why you have to figure out a dollar. Like, how much is that worth? Because realistically, let's say you sign him to an eight times eight, and then by year three, he's a 50-point guy. Mm-hmm. Still respectable, but at $8 million, you expect more than 50 points. Right. And he's your captain, okay? So how much yep. – and if Bathurst and Stutzler and Norris are leading the team in scoring, you know, how much value are you putting that dollar amount towards the leadership and, and the captaincy and, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. How much of a dollar amount are you putting on it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Ottawa and Kachuk are see- and Kachuk's camp are seeing things differently because, you know – um, like, is is that leadership value worth an extra two, three million dollars? Who knows? At, at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, there's reports of the eight, uh, eight times eight, but no one has actually Ooh. have been like, hey, there has been an offer of eight point eight. We have not no actually. Seen, just, no, yeah, it's, it's knows, been right? quiet. It's been quiet for weeks. Nothing has been. It's just rumors. Nothing has yeah. been like, oh yeah, this definitely yeah. was offered. Yeah, and I think that that's exactly what they want it to be, right? And the rumors are 8.8. And then even Matthew came out saying there's a lot of false information floating around out there. Yeah. So who knows if and, that was even the offer or not, right? And obviously, but. you know, going back to, you know, Kaprizov's deal, and, you know, Shane brings up a good point about the fact that, you know, with Kaprizov's contract, it definitely makes other teams look at it and say, okay, can we use that now as like a way? And also, I think something that should be mentioned, I don't think it's talked about enough. In the next two or three years, the salary cap in the NHL will actually this time go up. Yeah. And with the new TV deal that you got from ESPN and Turner, you're going to get a lot more money in. The cap space is going to grow and players are going to be demanding more. That's the way you got to look at it. That's why Kaprizov got a five-year deal because he's looking at it long-term like, I can cash in in a couple of years. Like, I can really cash in. That's the way that I, that's the way that I look at it. And then... The other thing that we should mention is this, talking about it from Minnesota's perspective, what are they going to do now about Kevin Fiala? What's the situation with Kevin Fiala now? Hey, you, you know? want to talk about Fiala? You know, he has the same agent as Kachuk. Yeah. Like, so, well, we look at Kaprizov, that's the money he got. What about Fiala? What, what's, what, what do you prove think? a deal? Because realistically, mm-hmm. Fiala is well, how much longer does Fiala have to prove it? He's done this for several years now. But he also had a bad – it's how he ended up in Minnesota. He, he couldn't produce – consistently in nashville so i could understand you know maybe there's a little bit more to prove out of fiala because he has shown that okay he gets a contract and he dipped a little bit then he goes to minnesota and then has success the other question is how much success came with playing with kaprasov well and and, but again when you bring up kaprasov here's the thing you're giving him money after one year of production. I'm oh, not saying that Kaprizov is not. I'm not saying that Kaprizov won't be able to come out in the next two or three years and continue that same thing. But how do they know for a fact that Kaprizov is going to do the same thing over and over again? To me, I've always looked at it this way: with contracts, especially when you give them long term like that, they have to have some body of work for several years that proves okay. Like this is it. Like I look agree. at the way the Devils look at the way the Devils structured Dougie Hamilton's contract. They literally structured it so that as the years progress, 
Yes, he's making a a really huge amount of money, but at the same time, they know what they're getting in him. They know what they're expect. Like we know that Dougie Hamilton's going to be good. Like we know he's going to be a top two defenseman on this team. That's the way that they were. They restru- That's the way that they did it. So that's the whole thing here. With I look at it and I say Kaprizov. He had that great year. Everybody was infatuated with him. Do we know for a fact that he's going to do that next year? And he sort of. And look, any Minnesota fan will say yes, but it bothers me that people keep saying. Kaprizov had a year. He didn't have a year, man. He had like two thirds of a season. You know what I mean? Yeah, which is the beginning of the beginning of the year. I, I, I challenged Twitter this. Hold on, I challenged Twitter earlier today. I said, "Find me somebody else in the, in the history of NHL who was given such a who was given, whether it be in the nineties, two thousand, whatever, at the time, right? An outrageous contract for such a little sample. You will not find one. Not one. Not one. That's the thing, and I think, and I think. DiPietro, yeah, but he still like, played. Like, DiPietro, like, if you actually look at the value of that contract when he signed it, he didn't have the biggest sample size considering. No, not even no. close. But that's no, also was, where comes desperation. That's where desperation comes in. See, yeah, they, they needed this, a goalie. <laughs> right. And also, look, with the with Kaprizov, it's simply this. There were obviously a lot. It, it wasn't rumors. This was legit that he was going to go back to the KHL and play there. And he was going to get a decent amount of money from the KHL. What was it? He was getting offered something like 15 plus million dollars for one year with CSK Moscow. I mean, that's a crap load of money for literally one year. Can they afford to give him that much? (laughs) Apparently that team does. Because I think that's the team that Vladimir Putin like either owns or like support. I think he's supporting He's supported, so like they have obviously more money than the other teams. But yeah. look at it, like the, whether that was whether that was legitimately like the case or not. Billy Garen flinched first. That was a matter of who was going to flinch first, yeah. and you knew that Kaprizov was going to get a contract. I was just expecting it to be a three-year deal at the maximum because it was yeah. like you have to talk to his agent and say, look. We can't just give you that much money off of one year. But to be fair, it wasn't even a full year. It was fifty-two games. But you're getting here of his best years because realistically, there is, no, and this is the thing I have with Kachuk, and I've said it about Shabbat too. There, there's a possibility that once Shabbat's contract is up, he is no longer an Ottawa Senator because he'll be in his thirties, right. and you'll have Sanderson. So if you have Sanderson, who's a couple of years younger who's playing at an elite level, how much money are you willing to throw at Shabbat? Or they so, do it like they did Alfie, and they just keep giving them small little contracts. Hey, you want to stay yeah. in Ottawa? Boom, here you go. But, you know, Kaprasov, you know, you're getting his best years because he's, what, entering his age 24 season or age 25 yeah. season? Yeah, he'll be 25 in April, I think. Yeah. Uh, so you have him from 20 – you have basically until he's 30 years old. Yeah. Um you know that that's pretty pretty good, yeah. You're, he's when's his birthday? Yeah, April. So he'll be he's entering his age twenty four season. So you basically have him until he's thirty. You could walk away from him at thirty, and no one will really complain it like about it unless he puts up like consistently puts up like ninety points. Fair, and and so a little off topic. I I actually have to run, but I want to ask you guys this. And and Neil, this is probably more for you since you're a Jersey fan. So. Yeah. Hamilton has always been a really good player. Okay? 
but I'm going to say last year was probably one of his best. Like I watched him play last year and I loved watching that Dougie Hamilton over any other Dougie Hamilton I've seen. Mm -hmm. Do you really think he could play up to that contract considering he was playing with a guy like Slavin? Yeah. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he needs a Slavin to be good because he's always been good, but do you guys like do Jersey fans really think he's going to live up to that contract? Not having a partner like Slavin. Yes, because again, um, the Devils have a lot of young defensemen that haven't even played in the NHL yet. Uh, so there's a lot of possibilities. And we have Ty Smith um, as well. But here's the thing. People are not talking about this move enough. The Devils also traded uh, Maltsev at a second-round pick to get Ryan Graves for the next two years. And Ryan Graves is a damn good defenseman on his own right. And he is more of a defensive defenseman. And Dougie Hamilton is more of the offensive defenseman. So it kind of balances out that way. So the way that I look at it is simply this. Long term, I do think that he can live up to that contract. I think that we do have the pieces in place. And look, there's obviously always free agent moves moving forward, trades, other prospects that we have that could work. I think that it, we are at that point now with Dougie Hamilton where it's time for him to really be – I'm not saying he wasn't the number one defenseman in Carolina, but you do also have, as you mentioned, Dave, Jacob Slavin. You, did ha- you do have him, and Jacob Slavin is one of the top defensemen in the NHL as well. So, I mean, this is where Dougie Hamilton can look at it and say, this is his team, more or less. This is like, he's the number one guy. He's he's getting all this money. It, it's time to prove it, and that's why he's here. So I, I'm, opt- I'm cautiously optimistic, as I usually am with every move that we make. I'm cautiously optimistic that I think, I personally believe that it'll work out. I do. And even if it doesn't, if we have to buy him out at any point, it actually, if you look at the contract itself, it doesn't actually hurt the Devils that much. So it's not like we're in a situation where we're going to be screwed if we have to buy him out in his later years. We also signed him for the majority of the rest of his good years that he has. Because right now he's really just beginning the prime of his career as a, as a player in the NHL. This is, that mo- this, is that, this is that time where Dougie Hamilton could take that next step it's about figuring out who that right partner is to the left of him. Like you mentioned, who's that Jacob Slavin on the Devils? It could be Ryan Graves. It could be Ty Smith. It could be a guy like Kevin Ball. We don't know. But that's the, I, that, that's my attitude I, towards it. I told a buddy, I said, I guarantee you, uh, Dougie Hamilton is going to be top three votes for Norris next season. That was just my opinion. He's going to get, he's, well, he's gonna I, get I he's gonna, I think he's going to stand out a lot in a team like yeah, New Jersey. I agree. Um, Shane, I know this is your show, but I want to ask you something too, just because this yeah, yeah, is no, one no, of the things fine. I really that's want to fine. ask you something. With Chara signing as uh, with the Islanders for a season. Nice. How would you feel if after this season he did the full circle and came and signed a one-year deal with Ottawa? I wouldn't like it. Oh, no? I was hoping oh. you'd say. I, I was okay, hoping okay. Here's the thing. Point. Here's the thing, and you're and I'm in the minority for this. I was never the biggest fan of Chara, and I don't think Chara was ever that good. And the reason why, I will admit, he is smart. He's probably one of the smartest hockey players that I have ever watched growing up at any time. Skill-wise, though, he he's just not – he was never good, in my opinion, skill-wise. He made up for his lack of skill with his reach because, you know, being 6'9 on skates allows you to do that. He right. had a huge stick, but he was – he's intelligent. He's super smart, which has helped him prolong his career. He knows when when to make the right play. So I'll give him that. But personally, I've never been a huge fan of him. I never think he's actually been a top five or top ten or even top 20 defenseman in the NHL. 
I would. I don't think he'd be beneficial to this team. I, I think for sentimental value, I would love to see it. But I, I agree. So he, I even when he played for Ottawa, I said he was a terrible skater, which is still true till this day. Yeah. Was he really that bad in Ottawa? He, was, he to, was a bad skater. He he would get beat by Saint Louis constantly. I people used to call Finuff a pylon. I used to call Chara a lamppost. It was that bad. Okay. Uh, now Chara had a big shot, and and when he was in Ottawa, uh, it got better in in, in uh, Boston. But in Ottawa, he had a huge shot, but it was very inaccurate. I remember. I, I don't know if you guys remember this because you're a lot younger than me. When he broke Alfie's ribs with a with a slap shot. Yeah, took it and on I the inside. Just, yeah, and I, and I know Alfie was kind of in a way because he was taking a shot from the point. Um, but stuff like that, like he almost killed quite a few of his own teammates taking shots from the point. If you're taking shots from the point, you better be ready. Yeah, exactly. If you're going to shoot from the point with, with, with a hundred and what is it? 11 mile an hour freaking shot. You better be accurate because you're killing somebody. If you don't, man. Yeah, but so, I, I sentimental value. I'd love to see it though. Yeah, but I mean, like, I there's a reason why he was paired with Reddit. I'm just saying there there was a reason for it. That's true. But just think the 2D jersey and then one year contract retire. Just sign to a know, one day. Let him retire. Let him retire to center just to piss no, off Bruins but, fans. But I was about to say he, people uh, overestimate what his what his time in Ottawa was. People think like he was in Ottawa forever. Like, Joe, he spent, I think like four seasons. Yeah. He spent and, four and, years in Ottawa and then wanted out because he wanted to be the top guy. And he wasn't. And, and he went to Boston. He got to see right away. And he got, and at the time he got a massive contract, you know, considering yep. what they're handing out in the NHL at the time. But honestly, I, I just for sentimental value, I'd love to see it. I would just love to see it. That's, That's just me. A- again, you can make him a seventh defenseman. I don't care. You can, you know, whatever. It just, I just think it'd be really cool to see him in a 2D jersey again. You know, I, what is it, 45, 46? So. <laughs> yeah, I know. That <laughs> but, makes sense. So, but yeah, boys, I got a split. Um, man, thanks <laughs> for having me on, buddy. Hey, no, no issue. Thank you for coming on on uh, short notice. It's a pleasure. Uh, most of our show has now been hockey, and I think uh, we'll, we'll take, uh, we're not going to take a break, but we'll jump into some football talk. Again, thank you, Dave, for coming on. Uh, you can find him at JD underscore hockey talks. My hockey talks. Yep. Um, or hockey talks. And, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you can catch him every Monday when uh, on the, the weekly wraparound show uh, will be posted on to, you know, Spotify, Twitter, all, all that fun stuff through the 13th man podcast or 13th man network podcast network. We'll be releasing it there. So you want to check on that, but again, thank you Dave for coming on and we'll, we'll talk soon. Thanks guys. Have a good evening. All right, well, there was Dave again. Huge shout-out for him for coming on. Um, we spent most of the show talking um, hockey, which is more than fine. Uh, this happens every time you and I are together. This happens every time. Yeah. We just yeah. go on and on and on. Um, but we'll jump into some quick NFL stuff uh, yeah. before we head off. So week two, a lot of a lot of surprising matchups in week two, I find, in terms of the outcome. I know you're Giants the first lost two weeks one. of this season. Giants lost by one, which I mean, I kind of yeah. laughed at. Uh, I'm not gonna Stop. lie. Thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> I just thought, honestly, in case anybody sports, wants to know what team I'm a fan of, yeah, I don't understand it. Um, I'm also a Raiders fan, so I'm like also half like happy. Yeah, I was expecting to be the this. I'm a Steelers fan. I'm like they're they're gonna win. They're, there's no way they don't win. Also, uh, everybody, please stop saying that the Steelers are good. They're not. They really they're not. aren't. They're good. really not. They, they, their they defense. Their defense is trash. 
No, their defense is fine. They just don't have an offense. And Big Ben is holding that organization back. You ever wonder why they haven't been able to rebuild? It's because that man will not retire for because he knows he's got nothing else going on after football. Yeah, I also think they're willing to pay him the money. So he's like, yeah, why not? If they're willing to pay, why why wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, right. Wouldn't you go for it? Um, right. But we'll start off. I'm all admit I haven't really watched many NFL games this season. It's okay. Neither uh, am I. <laughs> I've, I've I've watched like I've watched highlights. I've watched the recaps and whatnot, and I've I've tuned in here and there. But I've have other things to do on on Sunday because it's my day off, and I have you know adult responsibilities. And also, you like the CFL more, which is understandable. Yes, I, it's a fantastic game. I'm going to the game against Hamilton tomorrow night. My um, guy Bo Mitchell's hurt again. Yeah, there's so much pain with that. <laughs> hey, talk about ex uh, ex dealer Delvin Hodges signed a three year deal with the Red Blacks. So. Yo, Duck Dodges is is still playing football. I love it. Yeah, uh, but starting off with your Giants against the Washington Football Team. Oh God, one one win, one point win. Seeing uh, uh, Washington come out on top, thirty to twenty nine. McLaurin was the first Washington player with ten plus receptions. 100-plus yards, and only one, like a TD, since Pierre Garçon. What a what a player. I I love Garçon when he was in Indianapolis, and then when he went to Minnesota, uh, to Washington, loved him. But that was in 2014. Uh, what a game. That, I watched the highlights. I actually re-watched yeah. a little bit of that game. Yeah. Because uh, they were replaying it on uh, on the NFL Network, I believe it was. So mm-hmm. I, I was able to catch a little bit of it. But, man, that was a really good game. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Daniel Jones looked good. Barkley cool. sucked. But Jones looks. Well, he's okay. I mean, he look. Barkley is not a hundred percent. As a matter of fact, in my opinion, he's not even fifty percent. The reality the is field. that the reality is simply that he rushed himself. He's rushing himself back because he understands how important this season is to the whole organization. You got to call it like it is. David Gettleman is going to be fired after this season. I believe if it. The Giants keep playing this way. This is the tenth. Time in the last 11 seasons that the New York Giants, I'm not making this up, have started the season 0-2. Yeah, it's ridiculous. This is also the fifth year in a row that we started 0-2. Yep. David Gettleman has yet to win 10 games in his entire tenure as the general manager of the New York football Giants. And if you want to blame somebody for why things are the way that they are, it is John Mara's fault because John Mara is too nice of a person. This is not a knock on him. This is just facts. He is too nice of a person to fire people so quickly. But the reality is, is that David Gettleman has overvalued prospects when it comes to drafting. And quite frankly, as much the the Joe Judge honeymoon is over, it's now over. He needs to win football games. This yeah. whole yelling and screaming, making coaches and players run laps, it's it's going to fall on deaf ears if you keep losing games. And to yeah. be honest with you, the Giants screwed up. He's Joe Judge screwed up in week one against Denver. You know, call it challenging for a touchdown that was already being reviewed and lost a timeout. That was great. And then yeah, I heard I saw that. I remember that. I was off. I was at the game. I was sitting there in the stands when that happened, which is just <laughs> incredible. Incredible. But then you go to you go to Thursday night, and that should be a team you should beat. Yeah, Washington has a really good defense, a great defense, top five in the NFL, no question. Didn't look like it against the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones looked he looked really good. And look, I'm the I like biggest. Jones. I think he's really good. I think he has a lot of talent. I, I don't. I don't think he's – I don't think – here's the thing. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, See, do I, I do? Think, 
on the He's right big. team. Thank you. That's a good point. That's a really good point, Shane. If like, I will tell you this right now, if he was on Washington, he would be a lot better. Yeah, he's just the way I look at it. If he was on Washington, he'd be a lot better. If he was on any other team, even if he was on the J- well, maybe not the Jaguars. That's kind of pushing it. If he yeah, was the on Jaguars the Jaguars, are a mess. <laughs> let me tell you right now. If he was on the Jets with the team that they have just like right now, the Jets would be better. Yeah. I'm not saying Zach Wilson is not good. I think Zach Wilson is really good. He's a rookie though. He's a rookie. That's the point. But I look at that Daniel Jones finally has a game where he literally not did not make a single mistake. He didn't turn over the ball. He didn't make a bad throw. He was the good. The offensive line looked good. Finish. The offensive line was good, even losing Nick Gates to a horrific injury early in that game. And they still lost, which tells you this. The Giants as a collective team are not that good. They have The, the Giants' rebuild from David Gettleman has failed. And they have to accept that. And as much as I don't want to say this, I have to say it. At this point, you might as well start planning to trade Saquon Barkley because you're wasting his time and you're wasting your own time because you're not prepared to have this amount of talent on your team on the outside. You have Saquon. You have Kenny Galladay. Evan Ingram is talented when he doesn't drop the ball. You have Kyle Rudolph, who's pretty damn good. You still have Sterling Shepard. Oh, and then you have Kadarius Toney who you drafted in the first round, and you've played him a total of four plays through two games, and he and I, this kid right here, has more receiving yards in the National Football League than Kadarius Toney. That is how inept this team is. Jason Garrett is a crappy play caller. He actually didn't do that bad against Washington, but I was totally for... Kenny Galladay yelling and screaming. See, at here's here's Garrett. my thing. I wonder, I wonder if Garrett is actually calling the plays, or if Judge is like it's Garrett because it? Joe Judge is not. Here's the thing: Joe Judge is not an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy. He's a special teams guy. He puts a lot of trust in his coordinators to do their job. Because, like, I know there's some teams that blame the coordinator even though the head coach is the one it's, calling the play. But I will tell you this with 100% certainty, it's Jason Garrett calling the play. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never been a and fan of his. I I will make one argument that will sound like I'm defending Jason Garrett, but it's a good point. Does anybody ever stop and think that maybe the reason the Giants call plays the way they do is because they don't trust Daniel Jones enough to do to do things? Or they more? don't trust the receivers. Or that they don't trust the receivers? That, again, there's probably a lack of trust in that offense. There is a lack of trust because the Giants have like the 30th worst offense in the NFL right now. They're boring. If you and Shane, you could just literally just go back and watch highlights. Look how like little creativity there is with this offense. It's so tip. It's so obvious what they do. It's so obvious. So to me, there is blame on Daniel Jones because he turns over the ball way too damn much. Just way too much. But there's also blame on the O-line, the coaching there's staff. There's blame everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. It's not just like we are, you know, one problem. But I want to say this really quick as well to kind of wrap this point up because, you know, I want to give credit where credit is Taylor Heineke, other than the interception, was awesome in that game. Yeah, he had a and, really good game too. And I and honestly, they Washington proved that they don't have to go out and get Cam Newton or even R, bring back RG3 to win football games. Taylor Heineke is good enough to win them football games. And this division stinks. This NFC East division stinks. 
The, the, again, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington won a division again with a losing record. I wouldn't throw it past them. Yeah, that's not surprising. That's, so, and I want to, and Ron Rivera, he's a good coach, man. He knows he what he's he needs to do. He's a fantastic coach. And, and it's hilarious that Washington behind the scenes is such a horrible organization, yet everything football-wise has been kicking ass since they started. Yeah. So, and now we're trying to see what team, I really hope they just keep Washington football team. Cause like, I like it. I, I think it, it just good. sounds better. Oh, the only other team only, I, I think red wolves is kind of cool. That sounds kind of cool to me, yeah. but it's like, just don't put yourself, don't call them the presidents. Cause that's really lame. Yeah. I mean, you already have the capitals and the nationals, like calling it the we're gonna do bring back the, the Washington senators again. We're going to bring back that name <laughs> for the umpteenth time. Yeah. But right. it was a really good game, considering it was a Thursday night game. It was a really good game. Yeah, I yeah, it was. Um, moving on, because we do have a, a list of games to quickly go through. Uh, <laughs> we have true. the Patriots beating up on the Jets. Their 11th straight win against the Jets, 25-6. Oh, to six. Zach Wilson gets hurt because their offensive line is garbage. Matt Jones points. looks good. He threw, he threw four picks as well. I just want to point did. that out. He did, and then he got hurt. Uh, he did get hurt. Yeah, that's true. But, like... It's also the Jets, and it's not surprising, you know. Peyton Manning threw the most interceptions in a year as a rookie. Like, it happens. It's, it is what it is. You gotta uh, give. You gotta give them time to at least try to figure it out. Yeah, you gotta let them learn. The NFL is a different game than college. This Jets team would beat any Adam Gase Jets team that they've had. That's oh, my opinion. They're better than. Look, they could have won against Carolina Week One. They only lost by five points. Yeah, and if they did started out better, they could have won. And, it, and you know what? If you cut down on on half of the interceptions Zach Wilson threw, the Jets could have found a way to win that game. They yeah, could have. Most likely. So, I mean, it's – yeah, that's going to happen with Zach Wilson, okay? He's raw. He's a rookie. Give him like, – you know – Let it, let him I, play it out. Just, yeah. just give him he, confidence. I'm sorry. Was Mac Jones like phenomenal against the Jets? Was Not he really. phenomenal against the – like, no. But he's on the Patriots, so he of course he he's looks good. Play. Yeah, Sorry. and look at – they have an offensive line. They have tight ends now. They have James White as a running back. I mean, yeah, they're, they're they're fine. Uh, we got, you know, another rookie uh, out of Jacksonville going up against the, the Broncos. 23-13 uh, to 13 for the Broncos, moving 2-0. and 0. Uh, Jaguars fall to 0-2. Lawrence hasn't looked bad. He's, a, he's looked like a rookie. He looks like a rookie on a bad five team. Five interceptions in his first two games. That's a rookie. Yeah. Literally a Jacksonville rookie. now ties the longest streak since the Detroit from 07-09 with 17 straight losses. Right. They haven't won since week one of last year. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think they're – look, they're not going to go 0-17, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Imagine, though. Imagine. Uh, that would, well, here's the thing. Is Urban Meyer – does he have one foot out the door already considering USC is looking for a new head coach? Honestly, yeah. They, yeah 100%. 100%. He, oh, he totally does. He totally does. Look, Steve Spurrier went to the NFL and was hot garbage for like two seasons and went to South Carolina. Look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. Like, he was there to for be two fair, seasons and then went to, to Alabama. Fair, if, Saban, if Saban got Breeze instead of the, the medical staff being like, nah, we're – we're not going to clear. You watch the he, you you watched the football life, didn't you? You watched that football. I mean, I knew life about it yeah before, but yeah, I mean, I did definitely watched it. But if if they did like if, if he came to Miami, it's a different story. But Broncos moved two and zero. They lead that division with the Raiders, surprisingly, because Casey lost. Teddy uh, Bridgewater, baby. 
Bridgewater is looking fantastic. Uh, Dude, I'm so happy for Bridgewater that he's finally like I love him. getting the recognition. Like he got screwed in New Orleans. He got screwed with the Jets and he even got screwed with the Panthers. Like yeah, I, they, I, I was surprised that they were willing to move on from him so quickly. The Broncos can win. Carolina. The Broncos can win by literally like not turning over the ball and their defense, although Bradley Chubb is getting surgery, which is unfortunate. Their defense is good and, you know, they can, they can compete in the AFC West. Uh, and then moving on, uh, Bills, Dolphins, 35 nothing. Uh, Tua got hurt. I think yeah. early in the game, too, right? It was it was relatively early. It was early, early in the game. I mean, look, uh, the game was over when it was 7 nothing. to be very honest. Yeah, but, like, you know, Bills, Bills shut them out, take a 1-1. One, one. Everyone in that division is now 1-1, one one, or outside of the Jets. Except the Jets. Two. The Jets are 0-2. But... You know, that, that could end up being a very tight, especially if two was not out long-term. See, this very is, goals to division. I, I, I'm, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's ridiculous that people are willing to give up on Tua already. But, I mean, again, to be fair, the, the Dolphins were in a position to make the playoffs before Tua became the starting quarterback. And then week 16 comes along and he throws two costly interceptions that cost him a chance to go to the playoffs yeah. with a 10-win team. And they were winning games with Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback. So I think he's probably, I think two is probably going to play, but like the Dolphins better figure it out offensively, or this is going to be a long season for them. Oh yeah. Uh, we have 49ers Eagles, Jimmy G and the, the 49ers go move to two and oh, 17 to 11 against the Eagles. Hurts look good. A uh, couple of missed throws, but that's what happens. He's a first year starter. He's practically he's a, rookie. a rookie. He's still basically he's, like, a rookie. so they San Fran goes to two and zero, stays the pace with that division because that division is looking mighty tough. That division is fun. Uh, Rams, Colts, Rams again go two and zero in that NFC West division. Twenty seven. It's amazing what happens when Matthew Stafford is on a good team. It's amazing. Stafford, what it looks most like. underrated quarterback for the last decade. I've oh, always yeah. loved him. Oh yeah, and look at like I'm so happy for him that he's balling out. He looks good in this Rams offense. Like, he does. He looks he looks good, and this I wish is, the Rams jersey looked better. But he looks good. At oh the, yeah, well the they jersey. really they dropped the ball on that. That's for sure. They really Agreed. dropped the ball. But like, look, the, the simple thing with Matthew Stafford is this: he had to carry a franchise for over a decade. Yeah. Now he yeah. doesn't have to do that. And Jalen Ramsey said it himself. He said, "I knew that Matthew Stafford was good, but he's damn good. Like he's yeah. really, like in practice. If he was. He doesn't. He doesn't make a mistake. He's just bit 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 like." Yeah. If he if he was on any other team besides Detroit, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no doubt in my mind. He, I mean, we don't know what we don't know how much longer Matthew Stafford has in this league. Maybe another two or three years. Um, I mean, if he can win a Super Bowl, like I'm not saying the Rams are going to win a Super Bowl, but like that he defense of the Rams, it. that defense of the Rams can win them games. I'm oh, 100%. They should have beaten the Cowboys if not. And somehow Greg Zerline, you know, made it. Well, that was against the Chargers, actually. But like, no, they like. The Rams can win games with that defense, and yep. now with the now with an now with with a Matthew Stafford. Oh my! And they got Sony Michelle now. Obviously, yeah, it's, it's an uh, awesome right there. You know, Wentz has looked good in Indianapolis. Not going to lie, he has looked good. That team's still a little bit rough. I'm not expecting much out of them. They can he got hurt again. Division. He did get hurt again. He like hurt both of his ankles. Not one, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He hurt both of his ankles in that they game. They can still win the division because that division is hot garbage. Um, that division is but, terrible. 
Raiders Steelers. So my Steelers, I was expecting them to lose. Raiders win, go 2 and 0, 26 to 17. Carr has one hell of a game. 300 Derek plus Carr should be up for MVP early on right now. 350 right plus now. passing yards, two pass TDs in three straight games. Yeah. Longest streak in, in Las Vegas history. I'm I'm I wonder if that's including the 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 that it entire is. organization. It's history. including the Oakland Raiders as well, yes. But the Raiders stay in with the, the Broncos at 2-0 and lead in that division race, which is huge with that division because you never know with KC. Uh, the next yeah. game, the Steelers' offense, they're 1-1. One one. Every, everyone in that division is 1-1, one one, so they, they care. They're, that division's way – Ben needs to retire. Agreed. Please. He, he needs it's to go. It's really getting annoying at this point. He needs to go. Next and you game, need to not actually assume that Mason Rudolph will be your franchise quarterback because that's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Hey, I think Haskins is going to do it. Honestly, I have Haskins taken over. Over, we'll see. Over Rudolph. We'll see. But when we got the Bengals and Bears, uh, Bengals take it twenty, a close one, twenty-seven seventeen. Both teams go uh, one start the season one and one within the first two weeks. Chicago's Bears defense responsible. Four takeaways in the second half. Pick six as well to win the game. Yeah. yeah if you want to win, you can't have costly turnovers like that. Uh, but both teams looking uh, looking to make the playoffs. I highly doubt the Bengals will. But Burrow looks good. But, again, he's practically a rookie. Like, offensive line looks better. Yeah, it does. It looks a lot better. Which is interesting because they traded, like, three of their offensive linemen, which I guess they traded the ones that were failing them. Yeah. So um, they look better. Texans. Browns, uh, 31-21 for the Browns. The Texans Tyrod, are weird, man. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Uh, he's out multiple weeks by the sounds of it. Five weeks. Uh, five weeks. One, this is the interesting note. KC, or Cleveland, 6-0 and in games following a loss under Stavansky. I think, I understand this from Browns fans because they're like, oh, you know, here, are we really that good? Like, I think Kevin Stefanski is is a really good coach all, overall. I think he he doesn't bring a lot of drama with him. He's just a regular football coach, and I think Baker. Ba- look, Baker is a riverboat gambler. He will make mistakes, and you just yeah. gotta deal with it. And look, here's the thing: Jarvis Landry's now on IR. Odell is still nowhere to be found. Like we don't know when he's going to be healthy. And you know what? The Browns are still doing pretty well. Yeah, they're, well, I they're mean, still up there. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, the Browns, look, that's a division. Again, the Browns are in a division that they can win. Easily. Uh, next game, Saints-Panthers. Darnold starts his starts off 2-0 for the first time of his career with a 26-7 win. Yeah. Over the Saints. the Jets. That's what happens. And he looked good. He looked yeah. like a top five pick. And I think Carolina's found its franchise quarterback. I think Darnold. For nothing. Sh- for yeah. nothing. They literally gave up nothing to get Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I think this is great. Saints looked rusty. Winston didn't look that good. Um, early days. It's early er, days. No, yeah, it, but I mean, to be fair, that Saints offense doesn't have the playmakers it had with Breeze. I'm well, not, Michael Thomas is out for another like couple of weeks, yeah. so we'll see what happens with that. And look, and also, that defense of the, of the Saints needs a lot of work. Yeah. Like, they, yeah, they, there's something wrong there. too. They've lost, yeah. Well, salary cap will do that to you. Yeah. And then the close, next game, Vikings versus Cardinals. Vikings lose a close one on a last second field goal, oh thirty-seven yarder. Uh, go, go look up the Vikings radio broadcaster call. Yeah, that. I don't even want to. I flipped, know it's going to be bad. He flipped out saying it was good, and then a second later, he's like, he's up here, and then he goes, "Oh no, he missed it." Yeah. 
Kyler Murray. This might good. be that MVP year, ladies and gentlemen. He looks good. He's uh, carrying. He's literally carrying my fantasy team. I'm two yeah. and zero because of Kyler Murray. He, he's looking good. They went thirty four to thirty three. They moved to two and zero in that very stacked NFC West division. Um, got a couple more games left. Falcons Buccaneers. Falcons made it close heading into half, and, and then half. just lost it in the second in the yeah. second half. Uh, they go. They lose forty eight to twenty five. Bucks approved to two and zero to stay pace with the uh, with the Panthers and that NFC. South Division Falcons dropped to 0 and 2. Another bad second half showing by the Falcons. Honestly, right. at this point, I look at moving Ryan and just saying, "Like screw it, we're we're gonna move on. We're gonna start." New. I think they should have done that. They should not have drafted Kyle Pitts. They should. I, I agree. Through. They should have gone after a quarterback I and agree. just dealt with it. And it, like again, this is a case of the owner just not wanting to be mean to his star quarterback and be like, hey, man. They traded like, Julio Jones. They should have traded Matt Ryan. Or, like, or just bought him out. I could care. Whatever get rid of him. Uh, but, yeah, I Tom Brady in that offense, that, that happens when you have all pros on your uh, basically every position. What happens, what happens when you're playing fantasy football in real life. Yeah, like it's just what happens when you have multiple all pros on your, on your offense. They should be mm-hmm. running like a smooth machine, and that's what they're looking like. Amen to that. Uh, Titans Seahawks. Who? Titans win an overtime game 33 30. Derek Henry, 237 scrimmage yards, three touchdowns, 41 total touches, 45 fantasy points, by the Man, way. He went off in the second points. half. That was crazy. Bro, in the first half, it looked like, okay, again, Derek Henry's not doing very much. They got to win by throwing the ball. Second half, he's like, no, just keep giving me the ball because it's something. the rock. No, because here's the thing. Derek Henry is such a big physical back that at some point defenders start giving up. Start because wearing out. Do you want to keep like putting your head in through there and trying to hit him? Bro, after a while, he's just going to beat you. And also something very dangerous for the NFL. Derek Henry's becoming a passing back now as well. Yeah, that's he's true. He's starting to make plays out of the backfield, throwing the – you know, get the ball thrown to him. That's a, that is a problem for defenses. Yeah. All right, we got five, three final games. We got starting with the Cowboys versus Chargers. Cowboys win a close one, twenty to seventeen, on a last uh, last second field goal by Zerline. Fifty-six yard attempt as time expired. They both are sitting at one and one. I was kind of surprised. I was expecting the Chargers to win this game. Should have won. Uh, they should have. But should've. you know, both teams fall one and one. Kind of hurts the Chargers. Benefits the Cowboys in that. And uh, the NFC East division, because that division is garbage. Uh, Prescott looked good, but Elliott just didn't look himself. I think they move. I honestly, if I'm if I'm the rain, uh, in division, in division trade Barkley for Elliott. Elliott had a lot of success. Oh, Elliott had a lot of what, success with. Garrett. What would Elliott do? What would Elliott do with this offensive line? Nothing. He's doing nothing now. He would do nothing with this offense. Maybe, maybe putting him back with Garrett might help him. I'm just saying. Nope. I'm just saying. I don't I know want you might any more clapping. Like I'm tired of the I, clapping. It's, it's I no know. Me. I know. Um, but the next game, this was a close one. 35-36. The Ravens come out on top against the Chiefs. They Good both game. fall to one and one, which a lot of I think a lot of people were expecting the Chiefs to to be the last undefeated team. Oh, well. So and here's the thing. To... Two things. Clyde, Ed- Clyde Edwards-Elair fumbled, which cost them the game. And yep. number two, 
the balls on the Ravens to decide on fourth and one from your own 40, knowing if you don't get it, you give Mahomes literally a minute to go down and just kick a field goal to win that game. You get a key block from Kevin Zeitler. Lamar Jackson dives ahead. You win the game. That is a ballsy call there. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it works. Whatever it worked, it worked. But they they go one and one, both of them. And then the heartbreaking money, heartbreaking oh. money loss. Oh. Over $700,000 lost. on $750,000 yeah. this man would have won. The, the Packers took it to the Lions in the second half. 35-17. Dropped the Lions to 0-2. Packers go 1-1. One and one. Aaron Jones, three receiving touchdowns, one rushing touchdowns, first time in Green Bay history. What a game by that by the the Aaron's. Both Rodgers and Jones had really good games. But man, that's got to sting. Going 15 and 1 on a 16 game parlay. Who that's got to hurt. I don't know why this man took the Lions. I really I like yeah, cuz obviously probably, let's be honest. He probably didn't think he would be going 15 and 0. Going yeah. into the Monday. Well, night. and also look, it's always tempting to want to take the underdog because you know you could cash out more. Yeah. Like that's obviously it. Like that's that's it. And it was 17 to 14 and a half, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. He look, must have been feeling pretty often. He was often. Thought, no, he was pretty pumped up in the first half. He was like, I, I could do this. And I just want to say this: the genius of ESPN to create the Manning cast with literally Eli I and loved Keenan, it. This is hilarious. This is this is great. And they had on, you know, last night they had Brett Favre. They had on um, a Pat McAfee. Oh, my God. It was hilarious from start to finish. And I can't wait for, like, more of this because this is just great. I'm loving this Manning cast. It's amazing. I hope they keep it up for the rest of the season. I personally love it. Um, obviously, some quick scores for uh, the CFL. You know, we saw it on the banner, but we'll, we'll quickly go over it. Hamilton beats Calgary, drops Calgary to two and five with a 23-17 win in Hamilton, brings their record to three and three. Saskatchewan moves to four and two. Toronto drops to three and three with a 30 to 16 win for Saskatchewan. Uh, BC improves to four and two, goes 27 to 18 over Montreal, drops their record for two and three. Winnipeg goes into their bye week six and one with a convincing 37-22 win over Edmonton, dropping them to two and four. Week eight kicks off Wednesday night, three and three Hamilton visiting the one and four Ottawa Red Blacks after their bye week. Friday, we have the uh, two and three Montreal Alouettes going over against the Toronto Argonauts. And then the Saskatchewan Rough, four and two Saskatchewan Rough Riders going off against BC and four and two. That matchup will decide who's second in the West, and that's going to be a close one. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good games. Um you know, going into this week. And I think when you look at the season so far, you know, being five, six weeks into it, I think you're really starting to figure out now, like who are going to be those teams that are really going to, you know, make some money. Winnipeg, Winnipeg actually surprises me a little bit that they're like, we knew that they were going to be good, but this good is really yeah. surprising to me. Like they're clicking on all cylinders and they've been doing it right from the get go. I'm a little bit surprised that Edmonton has been struggling as much as they have. Harris is trash. You know, I'm just kind of like surprised by that. Um, same thing with, uh, same thing with Toronto as well. I expected more from Toronto this year, to be honest with you. I don't know what's going on with their situation. Rookie head coach, rookie starting quarterback, her first year starting quarterback. 
Yeah, but, but still, it's just like on paper they look like a much better yeah, team. Yeah, but they're showing they're they're showing their inexperience in certain positions. Yeah, but um, um, you know, I feel like one team that I'm expecting to do better, like as season progresses, is probably BC. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like BC. They're I don't know what's up with their offense, but like there's moments where like they look like like they're gonna like click it on all cylinders, like um, like Winnipeg has. And then they have like a couple plays in a row where they look like they they've never been running this offense before. Yeah, that's a that's a Campbell that's a Campbell issue. It happened with Ottawa. It, it is what it is. I, so it's not... so like if they can just get it clicking on offense, they're going to be competing right there with Winnipeg. Yeah, a hundred percent. But before we wrap up, because we are over the hour mark, uh, but that's what happens when Neil and I uh, get together. We always oh, go well over above. the hour mark. <laughs> um, We always go over it. But just to run down, oh you, oh, uh, the Spew Sports. Full swing, OUA, and the uh, uh, AUS, so the Atlantic Coast and Ontario, both started their seasons in week one. So before we head off, I'll just quickly run over the scores. St. FX beat St. Mary's 33-23 to on Friday night. Concordia beats an o- in overtime, beats McGill 36-33. to They go to 2-1. and one. McGill goes to 1-2. To and, and then Saturday, full slate of games. Again, most of these games are free to watch. Just head on over to the U Sports website. You can find the OUA TV on there. So we kick off uh, Saturday with Acadia losing a close one to Mount Allison, ten to nine. So let's go to zero and one. Mount Allison goes to one and zero. Ottawa U against the Varsity Toronto Varsity Blues loses eleven to ten. York gets annihilated by Laurier, going thirty-seven to six for Laurier. Ouch. Western beats up on McMaster, forty-one to thirteen. Queens beats Carlton 18 to 6. Uh Waterloo beats up on Windsor 42 to 14. And uh, Montreal beats Laval in a very close one, 18 to 17 to drop Laval 2 and 2. They've lost their last two games. Uh, Montreal moves up to first of 2 and 1. And Manitoba loses a preseason matchup against Saskatchewan 31 to 14. Uh we got uh, the Canada West games, our first week of the season starts up next week um, on the Saturday with the Regina, Manitoba, Alberta, and UBC. So you will want to catch that. You can always check out, again, all these games are mostly free on you sports. Just head on over there and you'll be able to find which games you want to watch. Super fun. Great football. But honestly, I, I love it. They're they're free to watch. And you can't really go wrong with some sun, uh, Saturday football. No, you cannot unless uh, unless you obviously live in the states and you got college football as well. So I mean, yeah, you got a lot. Hey, you got a lot to choose from. Got a lot of choice. Well, you do, you do, you do. Uh, but again, thank you, Neil, for for coming on in short notice. Okay. It was a pleasure having you on. Yeah. Uh, this was only supposed to be originally about a half hour interview between you, and then we're like, hey, just come on in and do the entire show with us. <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah. Where where can people uh, where can people find you? So you can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and on Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And if you want to check out the Devil State of Mind podcast, uh, which is one of the podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and like us as well on Facebook. Just search Devil State of Mind. And uh, Shane, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk, whether it's hockey or just sports in general. Uh, and uh, really, really appreciate you having me on today, man. Hey, no, no, uh, no issue. You're always welcome. It's always an open invitation. If everyone you want to come on, just let me we're know. We're gonna have our uh, we're gonna have our Olympic hockey debate in a couple months. Don't worry. 
Oh yeah, we have a fantasy draft happening in a couple of weeks, so we'll. And do I think we like are that. live streaming that. We confirmed we that we're live streaming yeah. that. That's great. Um, I need to talk to to them to see if they want to do it through them, or I can do it on my own end. Uh, but we will be live streaming it. Uh, no issue with that on my end. Yep. But again, guys, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for for partaking. If you're on YouTube, remember to subscribe, hit that like button, follow, share. You know all that fun stuff, and also check out Customized Sports Canada. Uh, use promo code 13th, uh, 13th man to get 13% off of your order. Free kit, uh, great custom kits for any sports fan. I have a bunch of them that I need to do. So you'll want to stay, uh, check our Twitter, Instagram for pictures like that. Follow us 13th man on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our website is 13th man sports. You can head on over to the 13th man network as well on Instagram and Twitter. And we will catch you all back here with a brand new episode next Wednesday at 10 o'clock. Find us on wherever you find your podcast and on YouTube. Stay safe and we'll see you then.